Hello together and welcome to the AI boardroom episode number four. It's getting serious, isn't it? Oh yeah. <laughs> Lots to talk about this week. Yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to this episode. So um, why don't you start and introduce our listeners to what to expect today? Oh yeah. Um, so we'll kind of do a, maybe a change up this this time around. We'd like to kind of plug in more of the relevant news and there's a lot that happened last week in the AI land. So we'll kind of start with OpenAI introducing Sora and kind of the impact that it has on the industry, different industries and why you should care. Um, we'll talk about OpenAI's ChatGPT memory upgrade and some really cool features that it comes with. And then we'll dive into Gemini 1.5 Google announcement with their increase of context window. And then we'll kind of dive into some other topics like the implementations and things um, to make it more actionable for you. So yeah, really yeah. looking forward to it. It'll be packed yeah, right. with so, info. So, uh, I hope that everyone listening today will, will get, get out of the podcast with at least some ideas, like what the whole stuff's about and why it's exciting. Because honestly, Let's just uh, start like Sora video gen from Open. Sora video gen from OpenAI was uh, was like the big um, headline, and then like I, I got people writing to me about this. They that like they don't even look at tech at all, like usually. <laughs> <laughs> they just know the letters of AI, and that's it. So uh, and even uh, and even that like um, got people uh, uh, really. Um, excited and worried at the same time like I, I i guess i guess a lot of people thought that is right oh you mean about sora specifically or just AI? Yeah, yeah 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 i think i mean it's really impressive i think initially you know i didn't i saw the initial post on linkedin actually and when i saw these videos i was like why is ever someone posting picture of like this landscape like boring and I was like, that's AI generated. And I was just like, I had to do a double take. I'm like, I can't believe that this is real. Um, and, you know, now they're also layering AI generated music and it's like all AI generated. And it's just like so amazing of what technology can do. But I think the more uh, so, impressive so, so aspect. People, people use other AI tools to generate music for it or? Is oh, it yeah. Like, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, ah, yeah. Okay. Ah, that's nice. There's like uh, one, um, there's a video that I saw. Um, it was just, you know, layered over sounds. So someone walking, mm -hmm. um, someone playing music or nature sounds, and it was like all completely AI generated and layered over AI generated video. So it was like, this is really impressive. And, you know, last year when we were kind of seeing just the initial versions of Dali and Midjourney and everything like that, it was like, this is really impressive. But now we have video and sound. Yeah, 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 yeah. The pace of technology changing is just amazing. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Um, I I I remember like my I I had some uh, I had some meeting and and I wasn't even um, able to to directly get it. And then my my student a student that works for me, uh, he sent me the link, and I opened it. And like my first impression was like, you could definitely use this for cutscenes, no <laughs> issues at all. Like oh, I, yeah. imagine how how much like drone shots and stuff you do like just to to have cutscenes and and like um a b-roll like you basically can can say look like look i don't need it anymore like go go ahead with all your drone restrictions and just generate the video with some text <laughs> um uh and, and like there's so much to talk about they have so uh, there are also so many so many different like uh scenes and and ways to to look at the stuff and even in the videos that weren't that um good or like that um realistic you have had parts which stood out and which were really really important because <laughs> i can uh, like spoiler it already a bit like it's not the video itself that's the most impressive about this um, oh what is it i am intrigued <laughs> yeah um like um and then it's popping up more and more like around around youtube uh that's like the video stuff is nice and, and the resu end result is nice but what's really interesting is like like the simulation part of it but we get to that okay okay um i'm intrigued myself because I, I haven't dove into it that long but um that deep but the you know one thing that um just for our audience to know so 
they revealed this video generator that basically takes a text or some prompt that you type in and it creates a video um, basically from that prompt up to 60 seconds. So up to this point, you could have used, you know, an AI generated image and that's how I've kind of animated any of my kind of pictures. You could have used like layer, uploaded it into runway and then you could get like a few seconds of motion and people were freaking out that that was so cool. Um, yep. But now you have 60 seconds of video. Like if you combine three of those clips, you have a music video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, and you can and you can even do this because one of the features, as far as I understood, is that you can uh, uh, switch to different scenes and keep the the um, info, like the subject, for example, from the previous scene and like keep building up uh, on that. And um, yeah, like um, so someone said this. Uh, like like a lot of artists are going going like nuts about all the AI stuff and we had the writer strikes and everything. So, um, but to be completely honest, um, what, what's happening right now and that's what happened with technology all the time, always, is um, it like it takes skill more and more out of the equation so that creativity alone is what's needed. Uh, so right now it's like if you do art, it's like you have to combine creativity with skill and um, ima imagine like the only ones that were able to do like images were the ones who had the skill to use a paper uh, colors and uh, and a pencil and today everyone with a with an ipad pro can can create similar results because like you have a lot of um, like technology helping you out i will say we we lose like some percent percentage points every time we, we we level up or we abstract stuff and and uh but in the end does it really matter um and and i think the benefits outweigh oftentimes uh like like this percentage point that you lose um yeah so really, uh, maybe really interesting not stuff. a devil's advocate specifically but maybe just food for thought but um because you know we're democratizing really access to art right through um, you don't have, you don't need skills, as you said, or specific training in order to create art. So um, I think art or kind of the creation of kind of the traditional methods of like painting oil and like acrylic or whatever other means of actual creation will become a niche field. So before, you you know, it's something that, um, well, and still to this day, I think really good artwork still costs a lot of money. And I think it's going to be valued a lot more because there's just going to be less artists yeah, yeah, actually yeah, knowing how to apply those traditional methods. And so, yeah, I think initially, I think going back hundreds of years ago, you know, there were a few artists who were painting portraits. They weren't paid well, but, you know, they were really well known. Now mm. we're democratizing access. And so I think it's actually the, the folks who are sticking to their kind of traditional ways of painting, I think they're going to get elevated. People will know them more because they're really, really, like there's just going to be a few of them. So um, that that do that that type yeah. of work. So their, their think, work will think, be valued more. I think also um, <coughs> it's, it's the same with the uh, furniture industry. Like back in the days you had like uh, people making furniture by hand. Nowadays, you have machines, you have IKEA, uh, which was standardizing everything and all and always. <laughs> and uh, um, and honestly, I'm most of the time am not willing to pay like the higher price. But if you want something like unique, built for you, custom made, you still can have it. It's just a lot, a lot ex more expensive than it used to be, uh, and that's fine. And uh, like you have to compensate somehow. Um, but yeah, um, no, I really, um, uh, really cool stuff. Um, I'm not sure if I might share some of the video, f at least for the YouTube people. So I think everyone wondering if either one of us have access to it. So <laughs> I do not. So, uh, but I'm curious if you've had a chance or if you've gotten access to Sora to actually play with it or no. No, no, no. Like, yeah. We like the, the podcast has like you listeners have to listen and have to tell all your friends to listen to, and then I'm pretty sure we get to a point where we get early access to stuff stuff like that. That's yeah. that's the, that's the end game, right? 
yeah yeah so <laughs> like, i think I, I think you know just f- there there are a few creators who have access who have been playing around with it since you'll see a lot of variation i think in videos posted other than yeah. the open ai ones because you know they have some certain folks yeah, it, it, it was it was a pretty bold move from Sam Altman just to go on Twitter and say like, yeah, give me your prompts, I just copy paste them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think it was also part of the um, part of the uh, excitement was from that because people like, if you see that stuff, you always think yeah, that has to be handpicked and like that's not gonna work. Like like we just talked like um, off camera about Copilot and Microsoft showing all the shiny demos and like reality is not that impressive um and you you (laughs) you naturally think of course from everything you see like yeah like take that and like deduct 50 percent, and then you get what's real (laughs) 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 and this time no this time sam said no i'll just take what you write me and like post it on uh, twitter and was uh yeah got amazing reception uh it was really funny to see well and that's i think you know really authentic um, kind of demos and then being very transparent actually pays you dividends rather than what we saw the orchestrated demo that I think Google um, did that you know once once people found out that it was staged fired back um, yeah. yeah so I think that there's and, definitely and a Google, lot of value in doing th- it that this way. time Google um, uh, uh, like we will talk about this but but this time Google um, introduced Gemini 1.5 and all the demo videos they es- explicitly timed everything <laughs> <laughs> they, they might they might have sped it up for the video purpose but they timed everything so you you're not in any uh way shape or form <laughs> have the feeling that someone's trying to to uh, screw you over i was <laughs> found it, uh, yeah it was it was so offensive that i found it uh, uh yeah interesting to mention that like yeah they have to they have to make sure that they have that evidence display that it was done in real time with no no stops in between but i'm curious so i was actually asked this question yesterday because um in the topic of healthcare so um but someone said well you know all of these releases of ai that happened last week well what you know sora is really cool but how does this impact the industry and the question that was posed to me was specifically healthcare and you know kind of the response that i've provided um that it's still again it's it's a generative creative type of tool so in the verticals or the departments where creativity is something that's needed to support some of those workloads that's where you're going to see a lot of impact so healthcare and the patient delivery um kind of supporting the the care providers or anything like that i don't see as big of an impact but marketing or maybe advertisement um creating demos and and things like that maybe but i don't know if you've kind of had that question posed to you or what your maybe overall opinion is on how it's impacting the industry of course you always like um you always look at the obvious stuff first right so uh you see a tool generating video you of course think okay it will impact content creator um Mm -hmm. but trying to come up with an idea for the healthcare industry for example um might be to um hand over a picture or uh yeah hand over a picture and uh, animate how a prosthesis will uh will work um afterwards that's that's something i could imagine um because that's and and now like i i, I might uh, might as well um talk about what i've um mentioned uh, or teased teased um <laughs> what we have here is not only something that's um generating video um ai is building a world simulator and and that's the really interesting stuff because if you look at the videos they are so realistic uh, once because the lighting is incredible like the detail in the lighting uh, to do that stuff you uh, um, uh, in a game you you use stuff like ray tracing and things like that and this is like this is still a generative transformer model which is just doing that like it just knows how the light has to uh, has to um uh like go around in the picture and and that's also how you get that realism if you look at other um, images there is like one video where a glass is like falling and the glass itself is kind of squiggling around and then it's like hovering in the air but all the fluid dynamics from 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 the contents of the glass, they're pretty much perfect from the realism. Like, 
one of my yeah. pet might behave like this and and that makes it even more interesting so now you have stuff like <laughs> yeah, w w one prompt was like two ships battling in a sea of coffee in a cup of coffee <laughs> i think i've seen that one and 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 the fluid dynamics and and the 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 movement of the ships of course it's not perfect but it not nev never was it like told how physics work there is no there, there there aren't like like in, in in computer games you have like really complex um mathematic equations that calculate that stuff and here comes this generative model which just like learned laws of physics from looking at them and that's pretty impressive um, i'm really uh, I'm, i'm more excited excited about that honestly than than about the uh the video itself because of course it's nice but the loss of physics understanding them just by uh, like training on video that's awesome <laughs> that's really cool now and that's just the first version of the video right you said that it's it's really good already there are some things to improve but just think about the next iteration of that model how how good it's going to be and then like yeah. a, a few more And then we won't be able to, we're going to have one of those like mid-journey comparisons, like which picture is or which video is real versus not. Yeah. So I think I'm also, I'm also like right now they are red teaming it. Like uh, I think they call it. So they, they go ahead and, and really uh, check the model for security stuff. Um, but I'm, 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 I want to be completely honest. Like I think they can wait with releasing that until after the elections <laughs> because <laughs> because like uh like the u.s elections might be the most important in the world <laughs> and yeah. like having sora out in the wild for that kind of stuff uh, or or if you release it then just was like the most hard restrictions ever um because uh, it could do a lot of harm And that's also what I think about all the content generating models, all the text generating models. Like we start to end the internet. I find it kind of kind of interesting because, like I've I've never would have thought that print might get a comeback. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> like um, not not print itself, but but like uh, publishers, because uh, at some point all this generated stuff. And all this hallucinated stuff will be so present that the internet will be pretty much useless for getting any kind of information or mm -hmm. getting, getting any kind of truth. And then we're back to, um, uh, back to times where we had to rely on publishers doing the journal journalism correct, um, which yeah, like I, never, I never would have thought that I'm, uh, I, I will see that, but uh, I'm pretty confident now that it will happen like this. So. Do you think it's um, better to provide that oversight in print or provide better oversight yeah, like over the uh, internet? Pr pr print was a bit like uh, exagger exaggerating. Um, it's uh, it's just the publishers themselves. Uh, um, yeah, but like, I'm saying like, so ultimately it's oversight, right? So making sure that yeah, you're kind of quality yeah. assurance Curated of stuff. Yeah. the output. But would it be better to do it at the publisher level or should we be thinking about internet oversight and how how and where the this ai generated stuff gets published i'm not i'm not sure if you will be able to do it like um properly i think there will be, will just be like a lot of noise a lot of entertainment and we have to build a uh, trustful because you won't be able to believe anything Who who else than like uh, uh, like uh, a licensed publisher who might be even not allowed to use Gen AI? Um, who else will be trustful enough to for you to to be sure that that it's not a uh, uh, that it's not an AI video of any sorts, but but a real recording on a camera? Um, like uh, honestly, like uh, like I've 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 uh, like the the um, Sora video is running uh, the whole time, and I'm looking at it and I'm like. 99% of the time I'm not seeing any difference to real life so because like now I don't think so I, I don't I, like even if you will be still able to tell if it's Gen AI or not uh, in, in the details like people have like like starting for, uh, to, to, to have TikTok videos uh, not even 60 seconds anymore because they cannot concentrate on them so <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if uh, I'm not sure if that's uh, that's going like the internet like we know it will end 
and will will decay into uh, entertainment, and then you will have some uh, some credibility measures, publishers, official journalists, uh, like verified influencers, whatever, um, some authority uh, where um, they will be legally obligated to to tell the truth and and to not use Gen AI for their work. So I should we consider starting a publisher business on the side while we're kind of doing this in these podcast coverages? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 of course, everything's just uh, may, maybe like, the, I think there is always the, um, there is always the option that stuff plateaus and that the, um, and, and there isn't, uh, th there is not that last jump to get really good mm -hmm. like look at, look at self-driving cars for example right we are like on the edge of getting it right for how long now one and a half century uh, one and a half decades <laughs> it's uh yeah um yeah i'm i'm, I'm uh and, and and talking to the experts in the field you you talk to them they say yeah might be tomorrow might be in 10 years so they don't know uh, and that's that's i think always always an option uh, but yeah um Still, really impressive stuff. Um, really looking forward to uh, to the entertainment part because honestly, I've so I, I had so often like ideas for movies and stuff like that, and we 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 will get a future where I just can discuss this with an AI and it just creates the movie for me, um, which is kind which of nice. And the, and, and then may, then maybe I get another tool to get myself as like the main character into the movie, and then I'm fine. It's <laughs> actually um, uh, I was. There was another live event on LinkedIn that I did, and I basically said, I think sometime in the future, in the next two to five years, we'll be able to ask or ask, have the TV personalize our videos for us. And so instead of you browsing Netflix for a movie that you want to watch, it's going to create or recommend one that's personalized to you with the actors and actresses actresses that you like to watch and it's going to be or maybe you're even one of the characters in the movie i don't know but uh, i don't uh, know that it's even in the two to five year window i think it's much closer than we truly think yeah yeah uh, i'm i'm with you on that but but yeah time will tell um Impressive, nonetheless. Like, uh, like uh, <laughs> I told before the episode, uh, I told to Svetlana, like, uh, I'm pretty sure I could talk about Sora uh, half an hour. We are already 20 minutes in, so. <laughs> <laughs> One last question. I do think that I, yeah. I can't, um, you know, just resist my, myself from asking, but do you think Hollywood, Pixar, Disney are freaking out? Yeah, they're screwed. Pretty much think so. Because... Um, Yes and no. Like they are big companies, they have a lot of money. They they some somehow find their way around, but they are bound by, especially Disney. Like Disney is producing so much garbage because they are bound by some self in, uh, self induced um, wokeness, um, uh, which which kind of like people don't want this. Obviously, like people don't go watch the movie because like was the, they have created policies that do not. Um, get for like the, they're not made for more equality. They have a lot of, uh, but but they have a lot of traps that uh, make the movies bad, and that opens opens a market. There is an opportunity here right now because Disney is not doing it. Like, wh what was the last good movie you've seen? Like, I I think mine was Oppenheimer last last summer, and I really love to go into movies, and I'm really not that much of a movie critic, so I'm pretty satisfied with the movie that's like half good <laughs> and still like movies gotten so bad lately um that and especially marvel i love marvel from the bottom of my heart but I, like i didn't watch the last movie in the cinema like the first one in 15 years uh that i didn't watch in the uh, in the theater um and and yeah it's it's kind of uh that there is an opportunity a market and gen ai comes like for the, the worst point possible for 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 them because you already have japanese studios um uh with like a tenth of the budget doing a good godzilla movie which which mm. just works um and uh imagine these people even then getting also gen ai and generate cutscenes videos save another couple million on that mm -hmm. um 
save a, a lot of CGI costs. So it's, it's like the animated stuff. Like it's not mm -hmm. only doing photorealism. Sora is doing animated stuff that's basically pixel level. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, that's like you said democratizing. That's I think that's a good point. You still will need teams, and you still will. I, that's something I'm still not sure. I, I'm think you still will need some humans for being stars, for being like people to look up to. On the one hand, on the other hand, we have virtual influencers. Um, we have um, how do they call them? People that stream with an avatar, like not their face. Like they mm. they stream like in the main time, and they have a lot of people watching them, and they don't even know who the person behind it is because they have like a, a VTuber, a VTuber they call. Mm -hmm. um, they like they just have a virtual avatar, some more, some less sophisticated, and that's how they do their content and get it out. Um, so yeah. Maybe even the stars, the the Hollywood stars, are going to disappear. Who knows? Yeah, that's an, an interesting. Yeah, m more more to talk about once it's released. I'm sure we're yeah. gonna bring that topic back at some point in the near future once we get a chance to play around with it. But or create yeah, our definitely. videos and then post them to our YouTube channel so for you guys to I watch. Like, I, I I honestly I just want something that gets a proper avatar of me just like with 20 30 kilograms less weight <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and and where i just write the script and it talks and, and do that that like I, i don't have to sit in front of the camera i like to sit in front of the camera but still i could produce a lot more content uh, that is valuable uh if i didn't have to do all the pr producing stuff around it so uh yeah no, uh, interesting stuff there. so um could, should we move on to the memory upgrade of chat gpt yeah. what yeah, that means definitely. So, um, so for for those that don't know what um, ChatGPT kind of released, so they prof uh, basically enhanced their capability of storing user basically preferences and previous chats. So instead of you kind of starting a new conversation each time, and then it just basically keeps the context of that chat only, and then you can basically chain prompt. You can add additional prompts within that chat actually remembers your previous kind of conversations that you've had any frameworks you've shared um yeah, anything you that you to. yes and i think that's the the another enhancement so i think that it, it, instead of kind of rolling it out across all chats and you're like well what if i change my mind about this like i don't want it to be uh part of it there is a functionality that they've released alongside with it that's called i believe like privacy Tem controls chat. Pri yeah, I, uh, they, they are also uh, you can also just say okay it's a temporary chat then the chat will not go into the history yeah 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 so you can you can manage your preferences basically you can go into each one of those chats and say um you know do not consider this do not consider this or you can even delete the conversations altogether so they're not part of the memory um but one thing that i do want to nuance just deleting the conversation that's what i read on on openai's website deleting the chat doesn't remove it from memory you actually have to go into the their kind of privacy controls the management mm -hmm. and turn off the exact chats that you have so i did want to nuance that so don't just go deleting your conversation and thinking that that's gonna take care of it it's not you actually have to go kind of the longer path of disabling the conversations in their privacy controls yeah i think uh um i, I always tend to say that i think i said it in the first episode um ChatGPT is just a good app and it it's like the best of its kind so uh, i don't see any any other ai interface that's um Yeah, that combines powerful models and a good app with all the features um, in such a way. That's what you get if you start early, right? Um, and um, there's some interesting, there's some interesting strategies which which you can apply to your AI solution too. Um, they don't like just plainly um, save the text, but they like um, do a summary of it. So they they save key information from the chat history because like. Obviously, not the whole history has a lot of value for future uh, for future um, conversations, um, but some stuff might have. And um, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's like from from a real from from like a application design perspective, uh, uh, it's a pretty pretty good thought out um, thought out way to improve uh, improve it. I've I've not tried it yet, but um, I'm I'm really hoping that. <laughs> 
it gets kind of my preferences because I've I've a lot of a lot of times I'll um, uh, have to correct the same errors and give it give the same instructions to uh, like be more granular about my re uh, initial requests and I really hope that he he like gets that that I want answers in a sp some specific way and applies it to new chats uh, automatically that would be uh, would be cool and but maybe yeah, the prompt library is maybe going away because if it's going to remember your preferences then you might not have to have these long prompts repeated prompts that you are submitting uh, to even, uh, no even even the if, even if I have a GPT pre uh, pre-assigned with system prompts and stuff like that it's not the same like um, because you still have um, you still have nuances uh, that you just can't pre uh, pre-make and they are not the same all the time and um, uh, have, that's why having like uh, memory is kind of a continuously improving system so now you you not only have a static knowledge base like you have it for example in GPT but you have something that's improving over time um, uh, which is one of the ways I approach the uh, AI solutions um, and which also makes makes Google's announcement we, we just will, will, will talk about in, in some minutes even more interesting because um, yeah there there is a really nice angle on application design um, which I think is still not explored enough um, and not used enough because if it would then Microsoft's Copilot for example would be a better solution well, and I think one thing that I want you to kind of run out and then we can move on to the Gemini 1.5. Um, but one, one thing that you said, you know, one way to think about ChatGPT is because they were released, the you know, um, were first to market in the way with their chatbot that's more publicly accessible than some of the previous large language models. They're kind of the iPhone equivalent, right? They were first yeah. to market and they are just really built with high quality they continue like to deliver. Wasn't the first to market, uh, uh, but but uh, yeah, they were the first to build something that was usable. Um, that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's better. Yeah, <laughs> I, um, a lot of people would debate that too, but but I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah, and but but I think it, it still remains as um, one of the more you you know user friendly people do stick to uh, iPhone products. You know, kind of, and they upgrade each each generation. It's just because there's quality there's the usability that people really like you know it's just one of those things that and it know you know that it's built in a reliable way so it lasts you a few years same thing yeah. with i think chat gpt um and kind of some of these other models you know you have the amazon fires you have kind of the android i mean to each their own some people love perplexity some people love cloud but I think the majority of folks are still going to continue to to use ChatGPT because of these added features. They're just innovating significantly faster, just like iPhone continues to innovate with like their apps, their other features, you know, and um, although they slowed in the recent years, but they still deliver really high quality products. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you, uh, like you have to have a stable platform to, to then be able to, to attract um also external uh, so like for example uh, Microsoft um, in all what they are doing they are always uh, at least in the B2B side um, really partner focused so Microsoft um, really relies on partners to to bring solutions to their platforms even if they have a uh, ERP system for example for 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 uh, for managing your company um, they pretty much rely on a lot uh, on external forces they're like there are waves of mm -hmm. Microsoft trying to go by themselves and then they are like, okay, even 120K uh, employees are not enough to do everything by, by ourselves. Let's go back to our uh, like a million plus partners um, to build stuff for us. It's the same with AI. If you talk with, uh, like, I, I don't know how it's now, but like um, five months prior, uh, I, I talked to Microsoft guys and they were pretty much like, yeah, we have all the tooling and all this stuff, but I think you can come up with solutions, can you? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's um, that's definitely something. Yeah, you have to, to you have to hold against them. Uh, is uh, it, it always falls apart if there is no stable platform? So Microsoft would do a better job, or is doing a better job always when they try to provide a really really good platform mm -hmm. and um, uh, to not do it themselves so uh, i think copilot will also get better and people try um, 
build applications on top of it. Um, and, and so uh, and so will ChatGPT too. So uh, there is no other platform with so many already built-in tool tooling uh, and so much built-in tooling and so many um, options now with GPTs to even extend that tooling. So yeah, That's so awesome. in the end it's it's no company in the world is big enough to do it to do all by themselves and they are uh, pretty much reliant on, on uh, other people um, trusting their platform to to uh, exist two years down the road five years ten years um, and yeah. yeah I think ChatGPT uh, is gaining more and more trust and I think uh, as we talked about in the previous episode we um, for those who may, may have missed it but these systems when they're released that they are not perfect. So and I think some of the developers, when they release these systems, knowingly that it's not 100%, right? So these systems do get better with usage. And so instead of iterating kind of in silos, kind of behind the scenes in the developer side, you want to release these systems, but you have to take some some precautions as, as yeah. you've kind of mentioned, you know, form red teams who evaluate that the output. So it doesn't kind, kind of bite you in the butt. Uh, once you release it, but you definitely want to release those models early so you can get that feedback to ensure the models improve. So yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure if they wouldn't have had the ChatGPT release and all the people doing like thumbs up, thumbs thumbs down uh, on on the answers, GPT four wouldn't wouldn't have been as good uh, because because like the the because it's basically um, uh, reinforcement learning with human feedback. Um, and and that's uh yeah it was a genius move it was a risky move but it was a genius move nonetheless so high risk high reward so yeah that's, that's <laughs> why that's why they always will have an edge on google because they are a small startup company like they like they are not google with all the responsibilities they have and all the su suability <laughs> kind of um uh and that's why google has to be a lot more careful re with releasing that stuff um uh, because like the the state ChatGPT was in at its release, Google would have gotten a big shitstorm. Oh yeah, <laughs> for that. Um, and so so they are at a disadvantage. And uh, being being like an agile startup is, is it's a pretty good spot to be in at the moment if you have the funding, of course. So. Yeah, big big pockets, big lawsuits. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so quick. Um, do do you want to pivot to our last? Uh, yeah, we talked. We, talk, we talked about. Talked about I think the, you're the yeah. most excited about this one, so I know that you wanted uh, to yeah, leave be the best for last. So you want to cover what that Gemini 1.5, what that's all about? Yeah, uh, it's um, yeah because it's I'm um, I'm pretty um, stoked about that one specifically because it's the most practical and I, I will um, elaborate on that a bit um, because we have a model um, from Google a model update kind of uh, it, it seems seems to get an industry standard that you do 1.5 models like you know, 0.5 models um, so uh, Gemini 1.5 has some really interesting stuff first of all like they think they first now are releasing the um a pro version not the ultra version but the 1.5 pro version is on the same level as the 1.0 ultra version is um which is kind of nuts thinking about it because the ultra version is already pretty fast the pro version is even faster and having now a pro version on the result level of the ultra version and like what, what was it, like two three months apart or something but there's a difference in size, right? I think what's what's really impressive is the the model size, right? That's, or yeah. are there other kind of components? So what what makes them different, and why is why is their, I would say, performance so impressive? Um, I'm not exactly sure on that, honestly, because um, the uh, uh, I'm just 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 reading it. They seem to now have also a mixture of export models. Um, uh, a model behind that, uh, which uh, we we know it now from GPT four, which which is also a mixture of export level uh, um, uh, model, um, and also um, there was Mixtrill, which which was a mixture of export model um, from uh, oh I forgot how how are they uh, called um, Mixtrill from Mistral Mistral AI um, and. They have uh, proven that combining 
several smaller models with specific um, uh, specific skills um, gets you a hell of a lot better better results. And seemingly the the 1.0 version wasn't a mixture of export model, uh, which kind of uh, makes it really really interesting. Um, because I have to say, I always accepted that like generating an answer with GPT-4 takes its time because like yeah it, it has to generate the stuff uh, it might be pretty complex and google now with the ultra model is like three times faster i think also like i i, I asked uh, i asked my brother uh and and he couldn't tell me exactly why uh, because <laughs> but what he told me like just from like uh, uh, uh like um research standpoint the same size model has the same inference time period there is like not not a better version because you have to multiply vectors, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I think Google's uh, infrastructure is just so massive, and their tensor chips, which they have for 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 compute, which are specific chips for that, are so good. That's I think one of the reasons why it's so fast. Now they add the mixture of expert model, which gives them an architectural um, benefit, and um, yeah, and and then and then. <laughs> My, uh, my my really what I'm really looking forward it's not out yet but it's in the test it's like the context uh, size because um, besides all the benefits in, in, in performance Google announced uh, that the now standard comes with 128,000 tokens uh, of a context window for, for your input and additionally to that they test now with a small group um, a, mi a million token context window which is just massive. I think it's like a 700,000 word text. It's <laughs> um, uh, like and, how, how, many, how many words is in like a book? I'm just trying to make it more concrete for our users. Do you know? I think, I think Claude always saw, uh, said they can read a book with um, 300 pages or something. Uh, but but uh, like what's a book? Like what, what size kind of like? It's, it's a bit weird. Um, but yeah, like multiple like books basically it could yeah. take up um you could upload multiple books to yeah to uh, gemini now and, and work with that knowledge yeah and what it makes really interesting at least from what they showed um they uploaded for example the transcript of the complete apollo 11 mis mission mm. which is like 326,000 token and they asked for specific um, conclusions on different parts of the transcript um, which were kind of in the middle and that's what, what held big context windows back um, uh, for the time being is that we excuse me, that we have the lost uh, in the middle problem and um, that means basically we, we have um, models which get a lot of text or context they are really much pretty much aware of what's going on in the beginning and what's going on in the end of the context, but they kind of tend to lose information or not be aware of information in the uh, in between. And at least from the demos Google showed, um, it seems like they've solved this. Um, there was a paid paper from from UC Berkeley uh, last year, uh, which which uh, suggested that that this might be might be possible. Um, and, but but seeing this uh, in action now is, is really cool. Um, and in addition to that, it's not only text. You can upload a whole film. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I think it's not a whole film. I think it's like up to <laughs> one hour of film or something. Um, like a 44-minute... Um, you mean uh, the transcript or an actual movie? The movie. Oh, wow. Like the video. You can upload the video. Um and uh, it, like the, if, uh, a 44 minute uh, um, Buster Keaton movie. Uh, sil ah, okay. It's, oh, no, it's even a silent movie. Interesting. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a silent 44 minute movie. Uh, uh, it's it's uh, like 700K, to uh, 700,000 tokens kind of uh, in that ballpark. And then you can just uh, ask <laughs> about, about specific scenes and it just spits them out without text. It's like a silent movie, right? Um, and uh, it's so it's truly multimodal it seems um really impressive stuff i'm uh, really really looking forward to that because 
it offers so so much uh, uh, options and possibilities um, to to be really useful and helpful um, because uh, having a big context and it being usable in combination that's truly groundbreaking so can you talk yeah let's talk maybe a little bit of what what is different so there are a few well a lot of discussion and the way that enterprises actually implement some of these open source models in their enterprises is via rag llm right you mm -hmm. kind of have used that paradigm so what's different maybe, then? Maybe, maybe, maybe you tell the audience like uh, what rag uh, stands for so rag is retrieval augmented generation so the way i like to explain how that typically works is so let's say you know edgar is sitting in the, in in the room i come up to him and i give him a test i'm like here's an accounting test and you have an hour to complete it so all you can rely on is the training that you have so he's the large language model he's chad gpt he he's basically taken that exam from the relying on the training information that he's received in school, college, whatever. So it's, he takes an hour, he completes it, he gets a score. With the retrieval augmented generation, I'll go up to Edgar and I say, hey, you know, you have this accounting exam to complete, but now behind you, there's a door that takes you to the library that has all of these accounting books that you could pull information from. And so if you can go into them, and you know, use it to basically find the answers to 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 the code. And there's just a lot of other things. You know, you need to index that data. So the index would be equivalent to kind of having a map. So instead of just going through each book and thousands of books and flipping every page, he has a cheat sheet and like to help him navigate which <laughs> which question you know is located where in that library, so that he can navigate it sooner. So there's again other aspects to to the RAG LLM kind of implementation, but that's kind of the essence. So you have access to this external source of data to pull information from when you prompt the large language model. So it's not relying on its own expertise, it's actually retrieving information that's being augmented by information that's external to it. Yeah. So anything to it's, add there? Uh, I don't know if that's... No, no, I, I, I love the, uh, uh, the description. It's, it's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty much on point. So... Um, yeah, uh, like retrieving information um, to then use it in in the task. That's basically uh, what, what we try to achieve. And what happens uh, here um, is y you have kind of uh, you build your context with the information you found in the book. So you take the information, and the more information you can take and you can actually use, um, the better uh, the 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 better is like the um the context you have to solve the question to to solve to solve the uh, the task in front of you and like there is a whole lot of stuff which 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 comes from that but the most interesting part is um is the term in context learning and that's also what google uh, tells a lot because um if you want to to do better at a task with a large language model you usually back in the days with small context windows you usually had to train it on specific tasks um, which which are suited to your problem now we have this large context window and in context learning means okay everything uh, the the llm needs to know additionally um, i'll give it to him in the context or to it in the context and then he can and, and and at the end of the context i'll put the question and say please use the context to solve the question so um we now have a situation where i don't need some ex pretty expensive training of a model to to get a specialized now i have a big context window and i can just throw in all the information that that might be useful for solving the question and and just just go for it um, of course, it has also cost perspective because, of course, if you have a longer context window, you have more token. It's just more expensive to to do the inference, um, and it also takes time. Like, I think the request for retrieving the scene from the movie was like sixty seconds or so. By the way, but it's only sixty seconds to scrub through a movie and find the right scene and give you the timestamp. Like, I think, um, yeah, I think it's like the 
options for applications, um, also especially for businesses, um, yeah. are going to increase by a <coughs> huge amount. Um, and will be ready a lot faster because you don't have to build up training sets, you don't have to reserve some GPUs to train your model or wait like a long time and and, and uh, you just then focus on the retrieval part and get the retrieval as good as you can, get the mm -hmm. documents as good as you can and maybe use AI to uh, not only read the knowledge base but to improve on the knowledge base. And then, uh, and then you get a self-learning system which improves the basis for its context. Of course, always with human intervention, like at least that's how I do it, um, because uh, someone has to look at it to be sure that's like not um, decreasing the quality of your uh, knowledge base. But yeah, uh, solutions like that, they really will bring us forward to commercial great applications. And that's uh, something that's still rare to this so day. There's just a lot, I think, a lot to take in here. But I think they're expanding, again, possibilities. So before you kind of had, just think about the evolution in the last year and how, like, I think mind-blowing it is. So initially, you just kind of got the chat. And then you couldn't carry on the conversation. And they introduced, like, memory so that you could actually, you know, be able to build on, on those prompts. Um, and kind of carry some of that memory from the previous conversations. Now they've expanded and they're like, okay, well, what if we want you to upload documents? You could upload documents, but what if we want you to do more? What if we want you that we have an entire database of documents? Sure, here's RAG LLM. Well, what if we want you to do even more than that? And so I think now we're gonna kind of just stretching all the capabilities and I think we're just gonna see more and more of that flexibility. Yeah. So again, even some of those components that you're mentioning of self-learning, I think these things, they're probably already on their roadmap to basically embed in their existing. So it's just a matter of time. So, and one thing that I say a lot, um, you know, when I consult companies and have these discussions is that you have to build your systems very flexibly. So don't, um, modularly, but just assume that at some point, some of these uh, kind of enhancements that we're kind of talking about will become core of the product. So don't invest too much time in architecting and hard coding all of these services. Make sure they're flexible. Cause I think, you know, again, they might, by, might be just part of the architecture just out of the box offered. Yeah. So you may not need to even worry about them. So just something to, to think about. Don't hard code anything in the era of AI. You want to have that flexibility in your architecture and your solution to be able to react to changes like this. Because, I mean, they're all valuing our yeah. users and ultimately they're building much more efficient solutions. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's like, um, I would partly <coughs> agree, like mostly agree. Um, I think you should sometimes uh, save the time for doing a flexible solution and just go for the hard-coded one because it's just so much faster. Uh, oftentimes and you have to throw it away anyway at some point so yeah why even bother so um that's that's one like one angle to look at it but of course you're right like if you can you should be you should should stay open to for example like i built most of my applications in, the, in a way i can now i i could theoretically just switch to gemini if i wanted to mm -hmm. um or, or or just add it to the pipeline so um that's how you uh, like with every application think about application design to to not lock yourself too much into something um sometimes it's, n it's not avoidable or only avoidable with high cost that's what i meant like then just leave it and do the do the proprietary stuff go for it but sometimes sorry but sometimes um yeah um you 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 just um what 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 I what I uh, I start the sentence in another way. I would suggest if you think about solutions, try to think freely, and try to think like how you would love to have it solved with AI, and don't think too much on how would I have solved it back in the day. Mm -hmm. Try to imagine how would I solve it with AI. How would I type it into ChatGPT, for example, like because. If you if you um, if you look at it like using ChatGPT is like a really restrictive tooling kind of because you only can type in text or upload an image but you don't have like 
a big set of tools and you have to 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 use your words basically um to 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 be able to yeah just uh come to a solution yeah first i mean the, all of these tools are you know you have a problem and it's a tool it's a means to the end which is to get you the output that you want so yeah i i, I do agree i think what i wanted to kind of as, as it relates to application design so in in terms of um releases like this right so if you've kind of hard-coded your architecture to be like really configured to the t with chat gpt but then gemini comes out <laughs> 1.5 and you're like it would be so awesome if we, yeah. we could we could plug this this in because this could actually give us results so and actually you should be testing and i think one of the principles that um you know of just ai implementation is experimentation so you don't know what you don't know so sometimes you know some of these smaller models will actually perform for your use case to again solve a problem that you have better at a lot lesser cost than some one of these massive giant models so experiment often but also build it in a way so you can react um when some some of these new newer releases so as edgar was mentioning like you could just drop it in his architecture right now um and start using it tomorrow so you want that flexibility for sure yeah yeah definitely and i'm um, talking just like um I I was advocating for that like already like for the last six months minimum that uh, I'm not a big fan of uh, training a model, mm -hmm. uh, but more um, more into like try to think about a proper rag pipeline uh, to retrieve all the context you need to solve a question. Um, but there is one uh, one small part which I want to add, um, and it's something that even I my solution might have to consider at some point. Um, you, you you talked about the cheat sheet, the the index basically where uh, which helps me to quickly find the information and retrieve the information. Um, that's a pretty good point. Sa um, that cheat sheet is um, uh, in the AI world is like the embeddings. Mm -hmm. um, so you take text and you uh, create uh, a, like represent a number representation of the semantics of it, um, and that's. That's something where the better this is, the better your retrieval gets. And there it might, and if you have, for example, um, if you are in an industry where like you are coal mining, just like, so then you have a lot of uh, like specific wording. You have a lot of uh, words that are just used differently in the context of coal mining mm -hmm. um, compared to, to, to everything else. So, um, and, and there it might be might be r really good to like have a custom trained embedding model so that your uh, your contents just are understood better and then the retrieval will be better so it's kind of kind of a hybrid hybrid approach there um, something to also think about uh, when you when you when you feel like okay I have the whole retrieval pipeline but the retrieval is not good or not mm -hmm. consistent enough um, then think about maybe train your training your own embedding model um, to understand your language better or the language of the field you wanna wanna uh, work in. Yeah. So rather than retraining the entire model, you're retraining a component, <clears throat> which is smaller and maybe not More as efficient. difficult to to train. Yeah. So that's that's really smart. Um, and then there are like like the the, the one edge case I uh, I think training a model is, is uh, still something you can do is if you want a small model with a really specific task or a really specific um, task field basically um, and you want this model to um, to perform as fast as it can mm -hmm. then I think you should look at tra into the training but then don't start with a GPT-4 size model try to find the smallest model that's like getting already close to what you want to achieve and, and, and train that one. That was a really good, um, I think training again, just, just in general, especially with large language models is a huge consideration from a cost perspective. So when you're doing your use case identification, so if you were to use, just to put it on the spectrum, I think <clears throat> to, to associate costs, if you take out of the box open source and it's $20 a month, right? For you to just yeah. use as, as, get a subscription. If you want to implement um, 
you know, some no code, you have to pay for like additional hosting fees and everything like that. So incremental addition to that, if you want to implement um, RAG LLM, you know, you now start to consider bringing, um, you could do it with no code, but if you wanted to, if you're in a highly regulated industry and you have to bring that service into your infra um, and, and host those locally, then you're basically paying for the infra costs plus the, you know, all of the other components that you're used to customizing it. And again, the extreme example what what Edgar was kind of talking about, you could either customize those components even further or retrain the monster. Um, The retraining of the monster (laughs) is gonna be probably on the very, very right side of the spectrum of being like the most expensive because just of the, not only just the compute costs, but some of these systems, like I don't think people realize it took to retrain, um, you know, these systems and why they're not updated as frequently. You don't see like real life updates. And then you see like open, open AI saying like, oh, we knowledge is as current as, you know, three months ago because they're, it, it's so expensive and, and, and um, it takes months, like weeks, if not months for them to train these models. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really intense. Um, so yeah, definitely consider that as being like very cost prohibitive. So be creative if that's even a consideration for you for how you could uh, fine tune or retrain other components of the solution or be creative in like other things. Because yeah, I would say retraining is like should be a last consideration. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and also, uh, like I said, ha- uh, look out for, for small solutions, uh, Phi2, Orca2 uh, Orca um, from, from Microsoft, both small Ah, uh, like Orca is a little bit bigger, but like in general, like uh, more more or less small language models, um, which are good for one or two specific jobs, uh, and they're really good in that for that job. They're mm-hmm. nearly as good for that one job as like the big models are in general, um, or even better at some point. Uh, and then that's definitely something um, uh, to look after because, for example, if you have a real complex rag pipeline, you do several inference calls. It stretches, so uh, it really, it really, um, uh, you have really long response times. It's still quicker than us talking to a human, but like there is this perception in this, um, how do you say it? Like um, this, this like expectation that the answer should come quickly, like we're used from the internet, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and that's why. Um, you you have to to find a, a good balance um, between speed and 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 uh, complexity. Um, and I think one example, just to like maybe land at home because I have explained this to to someone else, but it's like when you use a small model. Let's say you're comparing a seven billion parameter model to I don't know what's the latest on on ChatGPT or GPT three. Let's say a hundred billion whatever tokens, or I'm sorry uh, parameters. And so it's the difference of starting a motorcycle versus a cruise ship. So every yeah. time you run an inference, <laughs> you could either, you know, do it quick and get an answer. And that's basically what your response time is going to be. Or you could start up a cruise ship that has multiple engines and it's just going to take a really long time to even get that whole thing, that machinery going before you get an output. So it's it's limited technically. Um, you know, it's just much more massive at scale. Yeah. Yeah, I think that sums it up pretty perfect. <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was a bit different this time. Uh, I really liked this uh, kind of open format uh, discuss ideas and and, and uh, also the broader context of the the releases. Um, yeah, uh, like if we get another uh, big release week, we'll definitely uh, do this again. Um, but last week was crazy. Um, I, I I love it. Like AI just like pops out like. Uh, Gemini 1.5 and Sora was even the same day. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of wild. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was a period of like no news. I want to say like there were a few you know smaller kind yeah, of announcements. So I was like, are we time. entering a winter? Yeah. Um, you know, another AI winter or not? But yeah. and and then there was like a whole bunch. And it's like no wait, <laughs> there's more. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that you know they were probably cooking things up from after the New Year's and. Yeah, there's just going to be more and more yeah. <coughs> we, we, people we, catching we up sti- to this. We still can rely on Sam bringing the heater. Huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm so Google, intrigued by what he wants. Too, yeah. 
<laughs> what he's going to use the trillion dollars. There's also some noise that I've been hearing of, of um, Elon Musk pursuing something. Um, this new novel, it's secretive, but yeah, as, as we find out more, I'm happy to, to discuss. And then there's the, you know, the lead computer scientist, if I'm not mistaken, if I got his role uh, correctly, Andre K. Carpathy, thank you. Yeah. Um, left OpenAI, and he has his own personal adventure. I wonder, I'm like really intrigued what that is. Um, well, that, yeah, that's so interesting I think to look at. He's really smart. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, lots of things. I think we probably will be coming out later in the year. So yeah, truly exciting as they those news come out that we yeah. bring them in into the podcast to discuss. Just yeah, live. and especially especially for our audience. Um, uh, or like at least our targeted audience um we are uh, uh i think this will be a really really interesting um year for commercial uh, commercialized ais at some point in the year we, we do like a lot of outtakes <laughs> like, like uh, look, looking back at, back at the, at the year uh <laughs> would be nice oh, um, yeah um and yeah commercialized ai uh, that's uh, that's that might be what uh, the the headline of the year in terms of AI will be, and I'm really looking forward to it. And you can pretty uh, pretty much rely on us bringing that to you. Yeah, and I think uh, one thing I mean just to round that out before we finish, um, Sam Altman himself said that you know uh, this is maybe the year like this is the time when you were going to start to see billion dollar AI companies. Um, yeah, yeah. in valuation because of the exponential growth that these systems can really generate. And so I think that's, again, we talk about like, you know, fear of missing out, but in a way, I mean, the, the technology, if you don't adapt it and um, create like really disruptive value in the market, you know, there's yeah. a lot of potential that you're leaving on the table for, you know, these more agile startup companies to like really grab and disrupt. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, like always, um, let me uh, tell you about um, our YouTube channel, our website, uh, and um, the, the AI boardroom .ai, um, where you can find us, where you can uh, contact us. And um, also later later this year, we will have um, summaries of our of our podcast. So if you want to, to read about some stuff and, and yeah, get the gist of it without uh, watching through a whole episode, it um, will be possible too. Um, yeah, we will be here next week from now on weekly with, with the freshest info. We, we restructured our, our release schedule. Um, this is the fourth episode of uh, uh, like of four episodes we released for the start. Uh, for everyone listen to all of them uh thank you very much we appreciate yeah. you um we appreciate also all your feedback all your comments um we will try to um, yeah take into consideration the topics that um yeah are important for you uh so that we can cover it and with that i spoken definitely enough this time <laughs> well, i think uh, that there's a lot of exciting topics to to yeah. talk about so hopefully everyone found value in it um and what we talked about, again, open to all feedback. And yeah, you can find us across multiple different channels, uh, web, YouTube, podcasts, um, and others. So always open the ears to, to hear from you. Okay. Thank you very much. Have a nice day wherever you are. And see you the next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.